Hey guys, welcome back to the Kingdom Talk podcast. This is your host, Prophecy Beulah. I just realized that <laughs> I've been calling myself Prophecy William, even though I changed my name to Prophecy Beulah. But we're going to pretend that that didn't happen, and we're going to pretend that I said Prophecy Beulah. Okay? Okay, great. Before we start this podcast, though, because this one, this series, though, or this episode in particular, I really, really want to pray because I feel like this episode um, is one that I want to be able to really speak what God has put into my heart. I want you guys to really hear from the Holy Spirit himself because it's so heavy and I want it to penetrate your heart. Okay, let's say a quick prayer. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for this encounter. Thank you for this moment. Thank you for this time that we have to reflect, to understand, and to be in a place where we can be able to accept who you are and who you've called us to be, Jesus. I just pray that, Lord, as I deliver this word that you placed in my heart, that it may just flow directly into the hearts of the people who need it that it will just speak to them including me that it will inspire them and inspire me as well thank you holy spirit for this word and we thank you for this day and we thank you for each and everyone every person who is listening to this podcast right now meet them where they are jesus see them and continue to love them the way you do in jesus name we pray and believe amen okay now, I want you to bear with me because this one is a little, little um, confrontational uh, because sometimes we need to really talk about the things that nobody wants to talk about. And this is one of those things. And one specific thing that I've realized that is such a crucial part in emptiness, where such it plays such a crucial role, is that emptiness keeps us in cycles. If you know anything about cycles, you almost feel like you're trapped doing the same thing over and over again. And even if you want to do something different, like that, can, the consistency of those dysfunctional habits just keep you like tied to that specific thing that you're trying to get over. And the purpose... The purpose of emptiness is to keep us tied to shame. The purpose of cycles is to keep us tied to shame. I remember when I was trying to get out of the cycle and I felt horrible. I felt horrible because there was times that I actively did the thing that I was not supposed to do. And me, that thing for me was just putting idols before God. Like, it would be simply as watching a series all the way to the end. And I'm not, I know I'm not supposed to be doing that. That might sound innocent to you guys, but that thing was plaguing me. I remember just doing things, just going on TikTok, going on Instagram, and pretending, like, pretending that it's not getting to me, pretending that I'm in control, because the enemy can make you feel like you know what you're doing. But actually, this is what I realized. When you feel like you know what you're doing, <laughs> more times than not, you actually don't know what you're doing because the Holy Spirit will humble you real quick. And for me, when I was going through a cycle, I just remember being so sh- like I felt like hiding in shame. And most of the times when I actively participated in my dysfunction, I would actually try to punish myself. And that would look like sitting in guilt. That would look like blaming myself. That would look like um, condemning myself. Like prophecy, come on, like 
you've been here before. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're better than this. And I cannot tell you guys every time. And, and it got exhausting to me because I thought like I was I was I thought I was upsetting God. But every time I felt that shame, no matter how resistant I felt to go to God's presence, I ran to God. Like sometimes it looked like walking. <laughs> sometimes it looked like just a, a snail walk. But the truth of the fact is every time that I felt shameful, that I felt I was undeserving to God, I just went to him. No matter how long it took me to get there, no matter how long it took me to fall at his feet, I always made sure that I was there. And every time I came to God in that shame that I felt, the very consistent thing I remember in every moment that he met me was that he was very, very compassionate. He was very loving. And to me, that was interesting. And I was like, okay, you love me. I know you love me. You say you love me. I know you love me. For That's 100% true. But why? Like, why isn't it your grace? Why isn't it your favor in this moment? Like, why isn't it your empowerment to help me to stop myself from doing this? And I remember thinking to myself, that's an interesting thing that I need to talk to God about. Like, that's something that I want to ask him. Like, why is it that you always meet me with comfort? Why do you always bring me peace when I'm in my shame? And as I started to gradually even go through those cycles, because as I remember that I would go back and forth. And even as I started to go gradually through those cycles and I would continue to go to him, even when I felt shameful in that moment, I, it started to get lighter. It started to get easier for me to get back up. Remember where I told you guys that, or I don't remember if I told you, but I'm telling you now that I used to, like the way that I used to punish myself is to sit in that guilt and let it eat me up and let it destroy myself. Worth. Like I would sit in that moment and blame myself for every wrong thing in this world, overthinking my whole life, my whole childhood, my whole relationships with my sister, my brother, my mom, like everything it was just be. I'm like, I'm worthless. Like, I can't do this. I'm like, why can I stop doing this? And every time I did that, it would take me such a long time to get back up. It would take me days to forgive myself. It would take me even weeks to accept, like, really, like, okay, I'm past this. I can move past this. But as I started to slowly get closer to God, not even closer, actually, as I started to really accept God's comfort and love, I started to feel a lot lighter. It was easier for me to get back up. I remember I would make a mistake. And in the past, that same mistake would plague me. It would really help me, it would hold me captive. But then this time around, I would go to him, make the same mistake, and feel easier. Like, it would be easier for me to get back up. It would be easier for me to, like, okay, I'm forgiven. I'm loved. I'm seen. I'm acknowledged. I am favored. I'm graced for this. Okay, let's go. Let's do this. And that's what kept happening. And as I got more and more comfortable coming to God in my weakness, in my brokenness, in my most distraught, most overthought, most most dramatic self, it got easier for me to wake up in the morning and to look at myself in the mirror and be like, you have another chance. You can do this. You can keep going. And, um, that's the thing about cycles. Cycles can make you feel so tight to shame that you feel like you're beyond God's love, like you're beyond, you're unworthy. And that's one of the main tactics of the enemy is that he will make you feel unworthy of God's love, even though that's not true. 
Like you're not worthy. You're not unworthy of God's love. God says he's clothed you with robes of salvation. He's arrayed you with garments of righteousness. Like it's not even up to you if you're going to go to heaven. It's up to him through his righteousness. Like you don't have to be perfect. All you have to do is submit to his will. And I didn't even think, I didn't know that until just like really, really recently that my righteousness does not get me to heaven. Because even though I knew that I could do things and I could gain favor by doing things and I being consistent, um, I thought that like it ultimately depended on my decision making. That's what I thought. But when I started to really get deeper into the word, I found out that it's not my righteousness that matters it's not my righteousness that will get me to heaven it's not my righteousness that will join me with christ in the end it is his it's his righteousness it's him who is working in me every single day but the purpose of cycles the main purpose of cycles is to keep us in shame because shame makes us feel like we're unworthy of god and one of the major tactics of the enemy is to make you believe something that's not true about yourself. Because remember, I, t- I mentioned in the podcast before that the contents of your heart influence your decisions. Like the things that that's in your heart is most likely what you're going to do because everything you do flows out of it. Everything you think flows out of it. Everything you say flows out of your heart. And if your heart believes that you're unworthy of God, guess what? You're going to keep yourself tied to that shame because you believe that you're unworthy. You're going to keep yourself tied to that self-punishment, that self-sabotage, because you believe that you're unworthy. But you're not actually unworthy. You've never been unworthy. You've always been worthy of God's love. It's not about you proving yourself. It's about you being. You're a human being. You're not human doing. You're human being. God has already divinely created you to just be. But you have to go back to him to understand, okay, what am I being? What am I being in my everyday life? What am I becoming in my everyday life? But the enemy will make you believe something about yourself. That's not true. And the enemy does this. And the reason why the enemy is so successful at this is because we are broken. We are broken humanity. We're a broken world. And we're all broken inside. We all have different things that we're struggling with. We all have different things that we're trying to get past. And the enemy knows your weakness. He's not going to come where you're strong. He's not going to put, he's not going to let you put him to shame without a fight. So that's the thing. You have to recognize and be intentional of the fact that, okay, this is my weakness. And instead of trying to sit in that pride of telling yourself that you have it in control bring that to christ because that that's the main way that the enemy uses um us against ourselves is that we think we know what we're doing sometimes even though we keep choosing the same wrong thing for our lives like we know that what i'm doing is wrong but then you keep telling yourself like no i can i can change if i want to like i can i can grow if i want to but you tried it and it didn't work the definition of insanity is doing something over and over expecting a different result. I'm not calling you insane, okay? <laughs> but this is a term that makes a lot of sense. And if you think about it, it is it is senseless to think that if I keep doing the same thing, something's going to change. And that's what I thought, and that's what a lot of people think, is that if I have control, even when you don't have control, you tell yourself you have control. If I have control, I can change. But you don't change. So the real question is, do you really have control? 
And the reason why the enemy is so successful at that is that we're broken. He knows that we want to be loved. He knows that we want to be seen. He knows that we want to be affirmed. He knows that we want to be acknowledged. And he will use that against you because the enemy doesn't care about you. The enemy is just trying to get you to burn with him. But the good thing that I love about Christ is that he is so consistent that even when you think that you're beyond it, he shows you that you're not. Like God's love runs after you even when you feel like you're beyond it. And so when in that moment where you're feeling like you're broken and you're weak, the way to protect that weakness is to take it to God. That's why God says, I am your refuge. Pour out your heart to me and I will help you. Because God knows that the only way to make sure that your weakness is safe is in him. That way he can comfort you and you can still cry. You can still break down. But as long as you're in God's presence, you're safe. The enemy can use that against you. You're protected. You can cry yourself to sleep. But if you're crying yourself to sleep, worshiping, and you're crying yourself to sleep in the presence of God, you're protected. The next morning, you might wake up with a whole lot of peace from nowhere. So we have to recognize and we have to become aware that we're weak. You're not always going to be strong. You're not always going to have it figured out. You have to recognize that you're weak. And that weakness can either create a cycle for you or it can set you free from that cycle oh my gosh I remember for me I thought my weakness was a liability I remember like coming to God over and over and over after doing this same thing that I said I was gonna I wasn't gonna do and I felt so tired of me coming over and over not because I felt like God actually I did feel like God was tired of me but I was tired of myself like I was actually tired of making the same mistake over and over again and I just didn't understand, like, okay, God, like, why do I keep trying to change and it's not happening? Like, what's really going on? And he just told me, literally, I remember, like, a silence for a long time. A couple of days, he didn't, like, I didn't hear anything from him. And when I started to really recognize what he was trying to tell me, he was just like, there's a lot that you're not, you haven't given to me. There's a lot that you're still trying to fight. There's a lot that you're still trying to figure out by yourself and that's what's keeping you here is because you feel like your weakness is a bad thing but I keep telling you over and over that I am made like my strength is perfect when you're weak like when you cannot get off the ground when you've broken down beyond words that's when I'm the strongest that's when I can protect you that's when I can take out the thing in you and I am the potter I can mold that into something else but if you're not giving me access to your weakness if you keep thinking that you have it together then I can't really do anything but comfort you I can only I can't I can only give you peace in that time of turmoil I can only comfort you and give you love and show you that I'm here for you but when you give me access when you let me come into that thing that is plaguing you I will begin to transform your heart and that's what was happening with me and even though I was broken, I still am broken, I started to see myself from a different light, that my weakness is powerful, that anytime I feel weak, it's not a bad thing. It's actually a reminder that I'm human and God is sovereign and I can come to him. He is my help. He is my guide. He is my strength. And that's when I realized, okay, like th I have it. Like this is, this is the answer. The answer is rest. 
And that's when everything changed for me. Because remember, your choice is the most important thing. So you choosing to go to God, that by itself is enough. Your choice is the most important thing you could ever have in this life. It literally predicts the direction of your future and your destiny. Your destiny is fulfilled by Christ, but you choose how you get to your destiny, literally. You can get there in peace or you can get there trying to fight God's will and trying to fight God's love for you. But what I realized is that when I, instead of thinking that I know it, in that moment where I even think that I know it, I come to God, I'm like, I know I feel like I have this kind of figured out, but... I don't have it fully figured out. And that tells me and that shows me to me that I don't know it. I don't know what I'm doing. And when I bring that to him, he shows me gratitude. And he's like, okay, now I can lead you. Because now you recognize that even when you you have the strength that you feel like you have, you also recognize that you're limited and that you also, you cannot do it without me, right? And so... All the enemy has power to do is whisper ideas into your mind. The enemy doesn't know what you're thinking. Like, I, this, was a, this was a game changer for me when I found out this. Like, the enemy doesn't know what's in my thoughts. He can only influence my thoughts by whispering little things and little ideas and telling me little things that make no sense. Remember, the enemy is the father of lies. So he will tell you anything just to make you stop in your tracks, just to break you down. But remember, when you break down, you're safe when you take refuge in Christ. It's not bad to cry. I know there's some men out there that have never cried. I know there's some guys that think crying and showing emotion is a taboo. I know maybe you don't show emotion in front of everyone or you don't even want, like, the thought of being emotional is a bad thing. But when you recognize that you crying and breaking down in the right environment, which is in God's presence, is safe, you will embrace it instead of trying to push it away. You're human. You will break down. The, pl- the real question is, where do you want to break down? Where do you want to be your most vulnerable self? Is it in the confines of your limited humanity or is it in the confines of the sovereignty of God? And that's what you have to decide. Because when you're in that, like, when you're protected and you're broken, but you're protected in the refuge of Christ, the enemy cannot do anything. All he can do is whisper those lies. And you have a very, very easy way of fighting back to those lies. One way to do that is by scripture. And one thing that I did personally is that when I would feel like the accuser's words were drowning me like I couldn't get out of I'm unworthy I I don't deserve to be loved I I remember just quoting scripture even when I didn't believe it like I just said it in faith I said it by faith and faith comes by hearing and that also means hearing yourself like faith comes by hearing guys like (laughs) I know this is like you hear all the time but when you actually say affirmations when you saturate yourself in scripture when you're telling yourself what God says about you and you're declaring it into the spirit What happens is that that faith, it now inspires you. Like your faith starts to inspire you and you start to believe what you're saying. And it might take months, it might take years, but your consistency, when you keep doing that, your faith is going to transform your heart and you're going to be able to do it a lot easier for you. It's going to be a lot easier for you to do, basically. And um, I think that, 
when you are aware of the contents that you put in your heart, which means when you become aware of the things that you let yourself believe, um, you're more sensitive with what you choose to believe about yourself. And sometimes it may feel like you refuse to believe something about yourself, but really deep down you believe it. But I don't think that's true. I just think that it's a pattern of beliefs that have had such a stronghold in our lives that we have to break it down brick by brick. And that sometimes it takes more patience with yourself and with your mind and with your heart for you to go through that process. And soon enough, you're going to see yourself come out of the other side and recognize, okay, like I really believe this about myself. This wasn't really true about me. And this is what's real. This is what's authentic about me. And so another reason why the enemy wants us wants to keep us tied to shame is that shame keeps us in darkness. The thing about shame is that when you um when you keep yourself when you're tied to those things that make you feel unworthy of God, it keeps you sinning. Like you'll keep doing the same thing over and over again because you feel like there's no way out. That shame, that guilt holds you captive and you feel like I can't get out of this. Like, this is beyond me. Like, this is, I can't do this anymore. But that's not true. That's not true. The only reason why you might, the only reason why the enemy is so hell-bent on trying to make you believe that is because he knows that if you keep yourself in that self-punishing, in that guilt, it will create, it will continue as a cycle. And you'll keep doing the same thing over and over again. And as long as you as long as you lie in shame, you will continue to sin secretly because sin is just like, I feel like sin is a big word. A lot of people think that sin has to be such a big thing, but sin isn't like the smallest things ever. Like you could do the simplest thing. Like you could not say thank you (laughs) and that be a sin. Like you could not wake up grateful and that be a sin. Like sin is in the smallest of things. So when I say that it keeps you in darkness, sin is actually... It was created to separate you from God. And so when sin is keeping you in darkness, the reason for that is that the shame that keeps you in darkness is manifesting in that sin. Like, you have to be intentional. You have to be intentional with recognizing, okay, this is not okay. Like, I can't keep doing this. And you have to fight it. I remember having to fight my cycles and my beliefs because I think... And I honestly believe that it came from what I really believed about myself. And I had to fight that belief. I had to fight it with all the scripture in me. I would pull up random verses. I would write down verses. I would make them personal to myself because that's what God says about me. And that's what really brought me back into alignment. So you have to understand that the purpose of sin is to separate you from God. And the purpose of shame is to keep you in sin. The purpose of cycles is to keep you in sin. In John 3, verse 19 to 20, it says, This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come to the light for fear of their deeds being exposed. One of the major reasons why we keep ourselves tied to sin and shame is that we are too shameful. Like, we are too, how do I say this? Like, we don't want to be judged. We don't want people to think any different about us. And that is that is so heavy. 
I know a lot of us, I mean, we don't think like that. Sometimes you don't even think that that's the case. But nobody posts their weaknesses, if you really think about it. Like, nobody highlights the things that they weren't able to do and the things that they failed at. Why? Because part of that is, like, I don't want to be seen as a failure. I don't want to be seen. I don't want to be misjudged as something that I'm not. Because we're still, like, we're still a little bit shameful about our failures. We don't want to show the things that we weren't able to do. And that's why... A lot of us keep doing the same thing over and over. That's actually one of the main reasons because we want to keep ourselves in a place where I'm in the darkness. Like people who sin, sin when no one's looking. Like you don't see someone. And sometimes in this society, actually people do it really openly and and really, really don't care. But I cannot judge unbelievers because that's not for me. Like that's not, it's not. If I can only judge someone who is in Christ, who has accepted the salvation of Christ, and that's a righteous judgment, I'm not here to condemn you and tell you God doesn't love you. No, I'm here to correct you and, and hopefully guide you. But that's what sin does, is that it keeps you shameful and even isolates you so that you feel like, oh, I can only do this by myself. I can get through this. And that's not true. All that is a belief. It's simply a belief. That's all it is. The enemy has no other power. He can't make you do anything. He can't make you say anything. He can't make you become anything else than what God says you are. So what he will do, he will make you believe something that's not true, that's not real, that's not authentic to you. And when you know that what you're doing is wrong, you will do it in darkness. The reason why rest is required because it's because rest is the acceptance of God. Rest is coming into alignment with God. Rest is coming into the understanding of God. When you sit and you start to ponder who God is in your life and you actually start to accept, the main word here is acceptance because we can someone can tell us they love us, they care about us, they will die for us. But if we don't accept it, it doesn't really manifest in our hearts. Like, we will know that. Yeah, okay, sure. But you don't actually know it for sure. And that's what rest is. Rest is acceptance. Rest is acceptance of who you are. And when you accept who you are, when you accept God's love, when you accept God's grace, when you accept God's favor, when you accept that God will, that God will never leave you or forsake you, that he will help you, that he will be your light, that in him there is light. When you start to accept that you have freedom, you act differently. You make different choices. That's all rest is. That's why rest is required in, in, when you're empty. It's because rest brings you to a different place. You're not struggling anymore. You're not trying to be anymore. You're not trying to do anymore. All you're doing is accepting. All you're doing is coming into terms. You're coming into alignment. That's what rest is. God's forgiveness, God's love, God's mercy, God's grace, which is, which is his unmerited favor, is the most important thing that you could ever come into alignment with. I know it's said every day, but when you sit down and you break down God's love, God's mercy, God's grace, God's favor, these things, that's all you need. These are the only things you need because even when you're high, you remember I'm here because of God. Like you will be forced to humble yourself 
I'm here because it's of, of his grace. I'm here because he loves me. I'm here because he never gave up on me. I'm here because he forgave me time and time again. These are the core beliefs of rest. This is the acceptance. This is what you do when you rest. You accept everything, especially these few things that God says about you. The Hebrew meaning for rest is peace, ease, refreshment, or restoration. The only way to have peace is to rest. The only way to rest is to be still. The only way to have peace is to rest. And the only way to rest is to be still. One thing that I've realized throughout my walk with Christ is that peace is one of the most important things. Peace is one of the most important things you could ever get from God. Because you could be doing everything. But as long as you're not at peace, it means that you haven't let go. I remember a very recent um, thing that I went through, a very recent experience. And I remember being so bothered. I didn't know what was wrong. I was doing everything that I did. My routine was good. I was seeking Christ. But something just felt like it was like this one particular thing always got to me. It always made me grieve. It always made me uncomfortable, angry, mad. It, It always just brought me to a place where I didn't want to be and I tried not to be so bad. And when I came out of that season and I came out of that environment, I recognized the thing that was missing was my peace. And why wasn't I peaceful? Because I, I wasn't still. And to be still is to let go. I hadn't let go. I was pondering on something. I was trying to do God's work for him. And that led me to being in a place where I couldn't understand why I was so bothered. And it was because my peace wasn't there. If your peace isn't, isn't in something, it's because you haven't let go. It's because you're not being still. When God says, be still and know that I am God, he says that, let go and let me do me. Let go and let me do the work that I'm supposed to do. Because sometimes we feel like if I hold on to this grudge, maybe I'm helping God. Like maybe if I if I... If I don't condone this behavior, maybe I'm helping God. But no, the only thing you're doing is hurting yourself because you're not letting it go. And when you let it go to God, when you're still, your peace begins to come to come back. And that's what happens. The Hebrew meaning for rest is peace, ease. It's a, It essentially means to surrender. When you surrender, which is something that I feel like should be taught more, and I'm going to break it down. Because we can come to God and we're saved and we have the salvation of Christ and our destinies are set. Like there's nothing that can alter our lives. But a lot of things, one of the things that people forget is surrendering. And that's coming to agreement with God's will and not yours. That's when a lot of believers, that's where a lot of believers mess up. Because when God tells us to do something, we don't do it. When God tells us to obey, we don't obey because some part of us is still trying to fight for what we want to do. But surrendering brings you peace. Surrendering brings you restoration. When you let it go and understand that you're limited as a human being, then God begins to work. Because you're actually, I want to say this carefully because I don't want it to be misconstrued. You're actually... Embracing your weakness, you're succumbing to your weakness 
And your weakness is basically your humanity, right? And that's you being limited. When you succumb to your weakness, that's when God is like, that's when God is more encouraged to move because now you're surrendering. Like you're saying, okay, I am limited. And when you succumb to that, God is like, okay, good. Now I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do and you're going to be at peace and I'm going to comfort you. I'm going to sustain you in this rest and you're going to be right where you need to be because you're not trying to be me. When you let go, you stop being God. We need to stop trying to be God in our lives. When things doesn't work out the way you want it to work out, there's a reason. When things don't go the way you plan them to go, there's a reason. So you just need to trust and be still and let go. Rest means that you're letting go of the ideas, the thoughts, the beliefs that you had about yourself and choosing to accept God's thoughts, beliefs, and things that he says about you. When you surrender, remember we talked about the cost of purpose. When you surrender your flesh, now God can be able to download the thoughts that he has for you. It's going to come into your heart. Like when the enemy attacks you, now you're going to be like, "Mm -mm, that's not what God says. You're going to be more equipped to handle conflict, more equipped to go through obstacles because you're operating from a different place now. You're operating from rest and that is where your purpose is. In Lamentations 3, verse 22 to 23, it says, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. We're never actually trapped. I know the enemy thinks that, I know the enemy has made you think that you're trapped, but you're never actually trapped. God's love is so great that you're set free by it. Like his love is so great that you cannot be confined to anything really. Like you're always free, but the enemy will make you believe. The enemy's power is in, is in you accepting what he thinks of you. Like the enemy's power is when you let him download and put thoughts into you about you that's not true. He will make you believe something that's not true and that's his power. When you take that power away, by combating it with scripture, by combating it with what the word says and what God says about you, he has no power. And yes, you're not perfect. You're going to fall. But at the end of the day, you're going to be stronger because now the thing that the enemy used the most is going to be meaningless and powerless. And we're not consumed We're not consumed by anything. God's mercy is so powerful. His compassions means mercy. God's mercy, his compassion for you is so powerful that you're never actually in a place where you're trapped. And that's what I want you guys to remember. When you feel like something has you held captive, remember that you are free because you're in Christ. There is no condemnation. You are free. It's a belief. You have to combat that belief. You have to make sure you go into a deeper part of you and ask yourself, why am I thinking like this? What about me says that I'm unworthy? What about me says that I can't get through this? What about me says that I'm not who God says I am? And then when you think there and you sit, when you sit there and you think, you realize that nothing about you says that. It's the enemy that's saying that. Because all God says about you is that you're precious, you're loved, you're seen, you're honored. I will exalt you when you're in me. I delight in you. God says things about us, but we don't pay attention. 
because we don't we would rather succumb to the convenience of our emptiness because our emptiness makes us do things that feed our flesh but it's never enough but when you work hard when you fight that convenience you come to a place where you can actually rest you can actually let go and start to believe what god says about you it's really that simple guys god's love for us is so great that it sets us free we are not consumed we're not trapped ever we just believe that we're trapped because we're not actually we just believe that we're trapped but god's compassion his mercy sets us free when you're in christ you have freedom even when you feel trapped when you rest when you let go you begin to make space in your mind and your heart for god to fill you with his spirit and his vision for you remember i said that when you let go you make room for him when you let go of that hurt and unforgiveness and that unhealed part of you when you let go of that person that hurt you trying to hold them captive to that unforgiveness because you think it's going to hurt them the only person that that's getting hurt by your unforgiveness is you the only person that's getting hurt is you so when you let go you make room for god to move in your heart you make room for him to transform you that's the only thing that is stopping you is that you think that you know what you're doing but you don't know what you're doing god knows what you need and sometimes that's hard to hear it's a hard pill to swallow but it's good because when you know that god loves you and his love for you is so strong that all he wants is the best for you you have no reason to hold back being vulnerable because you know that you're safe you have no reason to hold back that feeling of of weakness because you know that you can never go wrong when you go to god when you let go you surrender your dysfunction your shame and the cycles that kept you in shame rest allows us to be safely broken god cares for you god covers you that's what god's covering is for when you're weak you're safe and that's god covering you 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 can be insecure and be in christ you can be broken and be in christ you can be lost and be in christ but as long as you're in christ you're covered As long as you're in Christ, it's just a process and you're going to get through it. Operate from a place of victory because you already won. The battle has already been won. You just have to now accept the process and the transformation. This is my favorite this is my favorite verse of all time. And it's Deuteronomy 33:12. It says, "Let the beloved of the Lord rest secure in him, for he shields him all day long." and the one the lord loves rests between his shoulders the word the word beloved it's to say be loved so the one that is being loved by me is the one that is rested secure in me remember that when you rest secure in god there's a difference cuz it says rest and it says secured There's a difference between letting go and there's a difference between being protected in that stillness. And that's what God is trying to say. He wants you to rest in that confusion. He wants you to rest in that moment where it feels uneasy and uncomfortable because you're secure, you're protected. There's nothing that can happen to you. There's nothing that can alter the destiny that God has set for you. There's nothing that can change. All it is is a process. And your growth your rest is secured it's safe and it's protected in Christ god not only covers your brokenness and your weakness and vulnerability 
He also shields it and protects it. This is a part that really took me out is to rest between his shoulders. And I actually like Google this because I was trying to research like what does it mean to rest between his shoulders? It says to rest on God's chest. When you think about the human body, it's just like shoulder, shoulder and chest. God is telling you to rest right here on his chest. Y'all, I don't know about y'all, but that to me is like, it's heart melting that I can just rest. I can let go. I can take a breath of fresh air. And that's all God is asking of you. So when in that moment, when you feel like something isn't right, probably something isn't right. Don't try to pretend. Don't try to act it out. Don't try to wear a mask. That isn't you. Just let God in. Go to that place. Recognize that weakness. Because it just wants to be seen. And recognize it and take refuge in him. And then that is when you begin to rest. Because you start to accept what God says about you. I really, really hope. Thank you, Holy Spirit. (laughs) I really hope that I was able to deliver this the way I read it. And I studied it. And I felt it. And I hope that this helps you. I hope that this gives you some insight. And if you have any questions, make sure you can DM me. You can talk to me. I am literally like you, just like you. I'm not perfect. I am just taking the process step by step. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Make sure to go to my YouTube, the Kingdom Talk Podcast YouTube. You can follow my YouTube page. No, my YouTube page. My Instagram page on Instagram at Kingdom Talk Podcast. Or you can just find it through my main Instagram on the links below. But that's it for today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I will see you guys next week where we'll have the final episode of the series, Filling Our Hearts with Vanity Because of Emptiness. See you guys. Bye.